What's up and welcome back. It's the ANA Sports Show. I am your host, Anthony Cortez, joined alongside my two good friends and co-hosts, Mr. Alexander Ashley. What is going on, everybody? And Mr. Kevin Rowe. You're welcome. Hey, appreciate you showing up, Kev, as always, man. I just, I love having you here. My pleasure. <laughs> for anyone joining us for the first time, I doubt anybody is. But hey, just in case, welcome to the party. We're three friends that get together every week. At least we try to every week. Talk about the good, bad, and the ugly in sports. Yay, sports. Uh, because just, we love doing this regardless of who listens. Um, currently watching uh, the Packers and Lions game as we speak. It is Monday, September 20th. Thanks for joining us. Uh, bef- uh, like I said, All Sports Podcast. Um, Alex likes to start off our shows with useless information, so I'm going to go ahead and let him do that. I do. I do. So let's start off with uh, just another example of how amazing this guy is. Shohei Otani, after maybe a week or so of sore arm, maybe be shut down for the rest of the season, comes out and strikes out 10 over eight innings against the Oakland Athletics. And the reason I bring this up is because at some point, soon late, we're going to see the votings in the MLB. And it just goes to show again how insane he is, that he is absolutely the MVP of that league. If you, like most pitchers get a sore arm and they get shut down for three weeks, he has a sore arm, comes out and strikes out 10. It just, he continues to blow, continues to blow my mind. Uh, but of course the hot topic around the sporting world right now has got to be the NFL. Somebody please, for the love of God, wrap a winning quarterback, Tyrod Taylor in bubble wrap, because this man just cannot seem to stay healthy and, it's got to be at some point mentally draining. Tyrod Taylor is out for at most a month with a hamstring injury. Now, the good thing about his situation in this case is that um, there is no good enough rookie quarterback behind him to take his position, so he can't really lose it. It'll just be David Mills up until Tyrod comes back because the, the team has said that even if Tyrod is not there, they will not activate Sean Watson. But we just got to feel bad for the man. Punctured lung in, uh, in San Diego, or Los Angeles now, excuse me. A hamstring injury early here, and then more injuries while he was up in Buffalo. Uh, and then going on to another injury, Tua is day-to-day so far. After going out, the Bills just beat the dog piss out of the, uh, out of the Dolphins down there. But Tua looked like he got destroyed. It looked like it was a rib injury. Uh, like I said, right now he is day to day. That is the biggest update, uh, but we will see what happens in, uh, in Miami with that, because there's always the speculation that the team's not overly happy with them X, Y, and Z. Of course, there's been a lot of uh, support from the front office, from the coach, uh, but there are still questions and this <laughs> could be the opportunity for the team to answer some questions. A lot of QB injuries this week. Andy Dalton, mm-hmm. another one. Mm-hmm. Um, Baker Mayfield, although he stayed in the game. Yeah. Baker Mayfield was another. Derek Carr went down for a little bit. Did he really? Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz. Wow. <laughs> Apparently sprained both of his ankles. Talk about another person you need to wrap in bubble wrap. Dude, that's not good. Yeah, it was kind of a crazy pants, uh, crazy pants week two. Yeah. Yep. But perfect segue. Perfect segue. Thanks for the highlights, senior. Um, 
we can talk about a little bit more as we go, but very interesting. Well, depending on how you look at it. So yeah, like you said, the Texans already said that they're not going to activate Deshaun Watson, which is understandable. And you have David Mills. Um, Davis? David? Is it David or Davis? I don't think he's good enough for us to need to know his first name yet. Well, regardless, the man has a name. It should be uh, Mr. Mills. I'm pretty sure it's Davis. Anyways, David. thank you, sir. Um, but regardless, they need a backup QB. If Tyrod can't even suit up. Do you sign somebody? Do you trade for somebody? Like, what does that situation look like? Yeah, Dr- uh, Jeff Driscoll. I was going to say, I thought they had, like, a practice squad guy. Do they? Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, sure. We'll see how that plays out, though. Um, we can start off with, te- with uh, talking about our pick'em games. Um, Cowboys were one of our games, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. That was on your upset pick. Okay. Up. My upset pick then. Well then, yeah, Kev, your cap, your your boys got their first one of the season. Thrilling, thrilling game uh, on uh, in LA. Oh damn! And Eli's got a pretty good setup there. Sorry, I'm distracted a little bit. Um, so does Peyton. Um, Cowboys got their first win of the season, uh, twenty to seventeen, right? Twenty seventeen in LA. Um, there was some miscommunication as it was as it's been coming out rumored down the stretch there is why they didn't set themselves up better and um, their kicker had to kick a 56 yarder to win it but regardless he got the 56 yarder and they have their they have their first uh, road win of the season first win of the season Kev what'd you see man Cowboys finally running the ball most namely uh, Tony Pollard going for 109 yards. Uh, Zeke got it going too, though, with the 70 plus. Both of them had a touchdown. So they actually implemented the run game and used Dak Prescott in a role that I think he'll be more successful in this this year of being efficient and not necessarily carrying the weight on his of the game on his shoulders, which he can do, as you, you saw last week and in that two minute drive right there at the end of the game. But the Cowboys are better when they don't have to rely on him for the entire 30 minutes the offense has the ball. Alex, did you see anything? Uh, well, I mean, I think we all saw clock mismanagement right there at the very end of the game. But I think yeah, that was among some of the highlights. But that, that right there could have been a disaster because uh, all of a sudden – you have your head coach talking about how Kellen Moore was supposed to do it and all this other kind of, you know, there's somebody standing in the way, couldn't see, supposed to be timeout, but then... Yeah, he was saying that the clock on the board that he was looking up at went out and the and Kellen Moore was blocked by a cameraman. <laughs> yeah, so... Like, you hope that's the case, <laughs> as opposed to just, like, some mismanagement. Uh, getting to actually do it. Right, because I guess at some degree there's this whole thought process that the other coach will do what they're supposed to do, and I guess theoretically they were really supposed to call a timeout. Because they had the other. They team. had one timeout, right? They had at least one timeout. They did, and that's what they called right before. I think it was with like seven seconds left. They called the timeout. Yes. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So. But they had Brian another. Zerline. They had, I think, about anywhere from fifteen to twenty seconds before. 
Um, before that timeout, or like right at the beginning of that play, it was like 15, 20 seconds. They could have ran another play possibly um, and then yeah, called the timeout. But there was so what just. What we saw was Greg Zerline kind of saving, <laughs> saving head coaches bacon a little bit there. Because um, yeah. had he missed that, if they, you know, call multiple ices and he misses it, then the storyline is that. You know what I mean? Even if they win, the storyline is still that. Um, uh, and then the ridiculous amount of penalties that cost the Chargers 17 points. They had two touchdowns taken back off penalties. Uh, so they are the number one most penalized team through two weeks. So it'll be interesting to see if they can't kind of – that head coach can't get their discipline going a little bit. Anthony, Anthony Lynn? No. Who's the head coach? Oh, no, it was the defensive yeah. coordinator. The young uh, guy. Stanley. Uh, yes, thank you. Stanley. Staley. Uh, Staley. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, but, yeah, so that, that also could have been disastrous. And there were also, again, more questionable calls in this game, too. Um, but still a very exciting game. And the first game in 17-18 now tries that the Cowboys won less than 30 points. Uh, that happened last in 2018 when they beat the Bucks 27-20. to And it's, they're now 40% in games uh, of their last 10. They have now won four of one possession uh, or one score games. So somewhat off-brand for the Cowboys, but in a very, very positive direction to some degree. So, right. Yeah, we kind of alluded to it in one of the, one of our actual pick games. And I only picked this game because I was just betting on the Texans. And I mean, up to, up to about halftime before Tyrod Taylor got, before Tyrod Taylor got hurt. Um, they were actually said they were actually in pretty good position, but uh, the Texans visit the Colts, not Colts, sorry, the Browns in uh, Cleveland. Uh, it was a, it was fourteen, fourteen at half, right? It was. Yeah, um, Texans were staying in it, and I believe actually Tyrod hurt his hamstring. Like it, it's a hamstring, hurt his hamstring uh, going in for a touchdown. He was running in for a twenty, twenty-five yarder, whatever it was, and he actually like pulled up and like if you were kind of paying attention to it, you could kind of see something was up, but. It was he tried to come back and he tried to come in, come back in the next drive and um, it was a three and out or whatever it was and you could he was like visibly frustrated going to the sidelines and it just looked like vis, like visual frustration but and he actually tried was trying to play through it and and they went to the half and he was nowhere to be found on the sidelines and in comes Mills and everybody everybody on the broadcast is confused like whoa what's going on like why is why is Tyrod not even on the sidelines and Sure enough, it's a it's a hamstring. So, as Alex said, it's going to be at least a month before he's back. Um, but that likely, was the only re- likely a month. Likely a month, but uh, anyway, but... yeah. Uh, but let's, two to three weeks is probably best case scenario. But um, I just, I mean, I already knew the Texans weren't going to have a great year. Tyrod was actually making us look somewhat dis- – us, them, look somewhat decent. But now, I mean, what do you do? I mean, do you – I think – go ahead. 
Well, do you wait it out and just wait till wait till Tyrod comes back, or do you try to trade for somebody and try to actually have somewhat of a not piss poor season, or do you just go for that draft pick? No. Yeah, if anything, go for the draft pick. But I mean, there are still positives with this. You just used your first pick on this guy. Use him. Why not? Yeah. Like Tyrod is is a serviceable winning quarterback. God damn it. I will, <laughs> I, will ride, I will ride that horse until it's done. Uh, I don't think he is anymore. I think that puts him sub 500 now. Maybe. But he didn't finish it, so it didn't matter. He was tied when he went out, so. Doesn't matter. He starts the game. It counts on his record. Uh, does it count on David Mills, too? Uh, maybe. I'd be curious how that works. Um, but, no, the Texans – I think a little bit better than a lot of us thought to some degree. Uh, yeah. And I think a lot of it is in showing. I don't know what Collie has been doing in that locker room and on the practice field, but that team is very determined not to look like ass. You know what I mean? Like you can they see that they played are. better under him. Yeah. They, they, they show fight with him. They like exactly. him. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like they, I don't know what is going on exactly, but he has rallied the troops and is getting – I don't know if this is the most you'll see out of the Texans, but it's pretty close. I mean, like this is a lot from the Texans for what we all thought they would be doing, what we thought they would look like. Um, so good on them. And I think if we were to go back and kind of look at the schedule that they have one more time, now granted it'd be a little different because Tyrod's not in for, let's say, worst case scenario of month, month and a half. But maybe we wouldn't give them – the two wins that we originally did. Maybe that bumps up to four, maybe even five. You know what I mean? Right. Just off hustle and heart alone. Did the uh, did the Browns look somewhat vulnerable to y'all? Do you think the Texans were doing anything, or was it just, it was it more the Browns kind of? And I don't want to say shooting themselves in the foot, but like, did they? look as good as they did last week to y'all or how 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 they look to you i i mean when you're when you're 14 14 with the with the texans at half granted yes i mean but how they look to y'all i mean never good when you're tied with what should be a last place team going into halftime but they're still a very well coached team they still have an excellent amount of players when you have arguably your number one receiver go out, that's tough. And then you have another one that hasn't played in what feels like two years. Uh, you kind of make it happen, and they did. You know, they won by 10 points. That's still nothing to scoff at. Uh, they made adjustments, and they did what they had to do to, to pull it out. But very, very well-structured and well-run organization, and I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, yeah Browns, will Browns will definitely be fine, but <clears throat> the Texans were able to kind of show where their weaknesses lie in a little bit of their rushing, running, run defense, and they can make some mistakes in the secondary, leaving wide receivers open, a la Brandon Cooks, torching them for that long touchdown that he had, or the the long reception that he had. But they, I mean, it's. There's some weaknesses that Cleveland showed in this game that they need to definitely be careful of. And but it, I think, as soon as like any Alex other team said, realizes, just double Brandon Cooks. 
just double Brandon Cooks. He had nine receptions, and I think the entire team had 18. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just double Brandon Cooks. It's like I, I, at this point, I feel like I miss my calling of being a defensive coordinator. If Nico Collins isn't going to light you up, he had one 32-yard reception, that's it. Only a one target. In fact, you look at the team as a whole, Brandon Cooks had 14 targets. They attempted 14 more the rest of the game outside of him. But literally half of the passes went to him. And not a single receiver or or any receiver or tight end or running back had more than two targets. It was Brandon Cooks for 14 and no one else. That's that's just yeah, that's nuts. That wow. doesn't bode well. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, in our last pick'em game, the Las Vegas Raiders went to Pittsburgh and upset the Steelers twenty six seventeen. Did y'all have? Did y'all also pick the Raiders, or am I the? Was I the only one? Uh, you were the only one to pick the Raiders. We both picked uh, Pittsburgh. So there you go, Derek Carr. Throws for over 300 yards, 382 to be exact, and pretty impressive actual TD throw to uh, to Rugs as well. Um, but Derek Carr is not off to a bad start, and I'm watching the highlight of it right now as we speak. Very nice throw. Anyways, yeah, Raiders went on the road, and and uh, I don't know if this was an upset or not, but I mean they got a road win, so that's pretty impressive. Two and zero start for John Gruden and the Raiders. <laughs> I want to say it was. I think the. I feel like it was. In this game. Yeah. Was it Pretty what? Sure it I feel like the Steelers were favored in this game. F- favored uh, at home? Mm-hmm. I think what we're seeing with the Steelers is because number one, they were in the same position twice, right? Last week, they had to come from behind victory. They were down going into the half. Same with this game versus the Raiders. Um, Steelers by five. That's the, that was the line at the game time. Steelers by five. Damn. Uh, but what we're seeing is just how hard it is to replace offensive linemen, especially when the quarterback you have has been there for 83 years, 84 years. I don't know how, how old they've been. Is. Um, I think it but was when you lost. Dude. Huh? I think it was 81. Oh, okay. Um, that was close. Uh but uh, it's five years off. But uh, no, I mean, when you lose Villanueva, when you lose Pouncey, when you lose the other offensive lineman whose name I can't remember, and I apologize to him because I'm sure he's listening to our podcast Villanueva. right now. Well, no, Villanueva, Villanueva Pouncey, and then the third guy. There's another guy that they lost, and I know he's listening, so I apologize that I can't remember your name. We'll apologize, we'll um, apologize to him when he's on next week. Yeah. Uh, they lost another one, and that's tough. And I think we're seeing – the effects of that, uh, you know, they wanted to run the ball and they had 14 carries for 39 yards in total. Although Najee Harris is <laughs> them, them Bama backs are built different. Uh, he's still not really able to get a lot going because that line's not giving him a lot of time. Uh, ben Roethlisberger was sacked a couple times. You know, he had a average at best game. Uh, so yeah, I, I think. You know, plus a fumble. I think what we're seeing is the offensive line for the Steelers is uh, 
a real big weak spot, and the Raiders took advantage of it. They did. Injuries are another weak spot for Pittsburgh because everybody on their defense is getting hurt, and that's their bread True. and butter. If they don't have a defense, they're not going to win. They lose. P.J. Watts yeah. out. The couple of the starting uh, – another starting lineback, couple of their defensive line and cornerback. I mean, they are beat up on their defensive side of the ball. And if they can't defend the ball, they got nothing. Great point. Alex, your Denver Broncos went to Jacksonville though, and, 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 uh, well, that probably wasn't an upset, but stomped on the, stomped on the Jacks 23 to 13. They did. I'm telling you, I, I'm a, I'm a Bronco believer this year and last year too, unfortunately, it just did not work out nearly as well. Uh, but again, I think one of the things that you're saying, kind of like we were talking about last or just with the Steelers, how injuries are big, we're seeing a healthy Denver defense um, who is able to kind of help maintain the game a little bit. And then we're seeing an actual quarterback, albeit Bridgewater, so a limited quarterback, uh, but a serviceable winning quarterback, very Tyrod Taylor-esque and Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, boy, you know, two touchdowns, what, 300-plus yards uh, and a run game that was effective. What is it? I think they had like 30 carries for maybe 100 yards. Uh, <laughs> we're seeing Trevor Lawrence lose his second-ever regular season game, which for somebody who has lost many regular season games – and it's very petty. It brings me great joy to know uh, that every one of these just hurts him. Um, but even with... I have to get used to it in Jacksonville. I'm sorry. Right. Uh, even with Jerry Judy out, uh, Cortland Sutton stepped in. Melvin Gordon had a couple of good catches uh, out of the backfield. Fant had that big touchdown. Patrick had a big touchdown. Uh, so, yeah, I think we're seeing... A very well-coached defense, a healthy defense, led by Von Miller and Chubb, uh, and that secondary uh, really help control games and make sure that the defense – or, excuse me, that the offense has enough time uh, to do what they need to do and can control the game. You know, Bridgewater is a game manager, and that's exactly what he's doing. Tell you what, Patrick Sertan looks like a really good pick for them right now. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Him and Kareem Jackson on the as a cornerback. I mean, that secondary is n- nuts. And I just want to point out too. I know it doesn't mean a ton because it's the Giants and the Jaguars. Denver has not had a home game yet. Their next game is versus the Jets at home uh, in six days. So both of their wins starting off the season have been away, and that's going to be, I think, a real big, uh, real big advantage for them later on in the season if they continue to play well. That's big, regardless of how you get them. You get them on the road. That's big. Back-to-back road wins. And games that you're supposed to win, theoretically, too. That's another big one. Yeah. This team reminds me a lot about of what the Steelers are. Yeah. But yeah. healthy. They exactly. are the Steelers, but healthy. Exactly. <laughs> they can exactly. run the ball. They can throw a little bit when they need to. And they defend the ball well. I, I think that is the at least the best comparison I can think of for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I agree. And that's what they were when they won their Super Bowl not that long ago. Hayden was very much a game manager. They could run the ball when they needed to. They could throw the ball when they needed to. Because he wasn't great by that point. He knew how to operate the game. He knew how to run the game, make audibles when he needed to. And that defense, led by Von Miller, was, was studly. 
that that defense won them the Super Bowl. Yes, it did. That that's pretty fair to say. All respect. And why Von Miller was the MVP when the Broncos mm-hmm. won it? Yes, he was. Uh, the the Bears pulled out a victory. Justin Fields comes in. Uh, yeah, they pulled the they pulled the win twenty to seventeen against Joey Burrow. Burrow Burrow had a rough stretch there through literally three picks on three straight throws. This was our third pick in the game right here. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I went with the Bengals, and sure enough, nope. Yep. <laughs> what you guys Both think of the Bengals uh, and the Bears? What'd you guys think of uh, Justin Fields? Because everybody and their mom in Chicago is calling for Justin Fields to be a starter. But what did you think when he actually got in there? Yeah. Right? At best. Like, he's mobile, which is great for them because it adds another, like, air of offense. Because let's face it, the Chicago offensive line is at best, right? But I don't think that, uh, in my personal opinion, I don't think that Fields made it any tougher for Nagy to choose him over Andy Dalton. But that's just me. And I'm not saying I like Andy Dalton anymore. But I'm like, when you saw Fields come in, and it was early enough, I was like, eh, okay, whatever. I didn't get to watch much of it, so or any of it at all. So don't I can't really give a good opinion on it. So, well, I can give you a stat that'll tell you everything you need to know about him. Uh, six for thirteen, dude. That's not great. No, when you're throwing less than fifty percent in the NFL, you're not going to make it. So he needs to. And everybody's going to have a clunker. But you need to, if you want to be the starter, you need to have better accuracy with the football. And be able to protect it because he also threw for a pick. He had he was sacked twice for twenty five yards, uh, and on those ten receptions, only got sixty yards out of it. So, speaking of clunkers, and I know this wasn't on our picking games, but I just want to talk about it because I'm really curious what you guys also think about this quarterback. Because for whatever reason, there's like eight hundred like rookie quarterbacks starting this year. Uh, talking about having a clunker, Zach Wilson. Uh, at the time of his fourth interception, had four completions up to that point during the game. Uh, he played atrociously. Uh, what is it, 19 for 33, 210 yards, four picks, and was sacked four times for 26 uh, yards loss. Interesting stats on that. Oh, shit. By okay. halftime, Wilson had completed as many balls to the Patriots as he did his own team of three. Dude. He became the third rookie in the past 40 years to have four interceptions in his first 10 attempts. The previous two were Kyle Orton and Nathan Peterman. Uh, Wilson joined Mark Sanchez and Sam Donald as the only, or Darnold as the only rookies in Jets history to throw four interceptions in a game. Uh, He also became the first Jets player in 40 years to throw interception in his first two pass attempts. So as, dude. Okay, well, it's, I think we can I stop that. Hold on. He was the first Jets quarterback. <laughs> He's already dead, Kevin. He's already oh, no. down, man. He gets better, and in the end, it kind of shows to the terrible scouting of the Jets. 
Wilson was the first Jets quarterback to throw three interceptions in the first half of a game since Geno Smith in 2014. Uh, he became the fourth rookie quarterback, fourth rookie top five pick to have four interceptions and no touch pass, touchdown passes in a game in the past 20 years. The previous two, Darnold and Sanchez. Sanchez. Okay, but can Alex we talk Smith. about – Oh. Did it in 2005 with the 49ers. So three of the four rookie quarterbacks to throw four interceptions and zero touchdowns in the game. All of three of the four are Jets. That's Damn. incredible. And if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about the Jets organization, I don't know what else will. Thank and, you. Okay, but another thing that we need to, another thing that didn't even happen to the Jets this year that says like everything you need to know about the Jets organization was 26 for 38, 305 yards and two touchdowns. Sam Darnold looks really good in Carolina. Sam Darnold, when he has an offensive line, when he has some weapons on, which by the way, one of them played in, in New Jersey with him. Mm -hmm. uh, like when he has weapons around him, he looks really good. He's looked really good through two games in Matt Rue's offense. Like, he looks like a winning quarterback. He's playing winning quarterback football. That is everything you need to know about the Jets right there. They destroy players. Le'Veon Bell, destroyed by the Jets. Sam Darnold yep. was destroyed by the Jets. Any good, any good player right now just gets eaten by the Jets. Any player, bro. Not any good player, any player. Well, I, I mean, think if you're bad, you were already bad. <laughs> it doesn't matter at yeah. that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you that, just are a Jets player. It's not like, oh, you were Sam Darnold who played for the Jets. Because look I mean, at Adams. This... Adams left, and he's doing well. He got a new contract. He's a captain. I mean this in no disrespect at all to the Jets organization, but this reminds me of a uh, – this is way back when, Alex, if you can remember this, and you probably don't, way back when, this is probably like 10 episodes deep, where this might even be in practice episodes that weren't even out yet, but you, were, you brought up an interesting question of, like, if you could take away one franchise in the NFL, which would it be? I think I said the Patriots, just for shits and gigs, just to say, take away the best. The Jets would now be a good... <laughs> a good uh, candidate for that situation. Like, sure. You know, like no, again, no disrespect at all. If any Jets fans are listening, you're probably yelling at me and you're saying, you know, F you and whatever and whatever, completely fair. But just look at what your organization is doing to players, man. And look what they're doing when they move on. It's not, it's not hard to figure out. Like, yeah. I think well, the decade Browns. has been abysmal. Yeah. And that's probably, being nice about it. Uh, I think that, I had the Browns on that one. Did you have the Browns? I think. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I said the Patriots. But anyways. I'm super curious now. I want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think it was an episode we put out, honestly. Oh, man. Might not have been. Yeah, but Kev, who, like, just, for, just for shits and gigs, man. One organization that if you had to exempt from the league, like you say, who would it be? Jets or somebody else? 
Like, get the fuck out. Like, we don't want you anymore because you're so terrible. Yeah, probably the Jets. Yeah, if you had to dissolve one team for any reason, what would that one team be and why? Right now, it's got to be the Jets. The Jets? I, I don't know who else I would put in that conversation. Eagles, just for just because? Jags, well, maybe? You could also put good team. You know who I like thinking about it now, right? Not three years ago. Uh, you know, it'd be an interesting one to knock out would be the Rams, and only because of how different the game has become since the Rams have joined the league. The 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 trend that Sean McVay started in younger, more offensive-minded head coaches. You know how they run preseason, how they run their practices, how they you know treat their players, how they do like all like everything. Lots and lots of things apparently around the league have changed because of the Rams organization. So I'd be curious to see what it would be like if we took that away and reverted back to whatever it was pre-Rams organization. Uh, I don't know who the last coach was before them. I think it was Fisher. Uh, Well, how long have they they been in the league? Has it not been that long? The Rams have been in the league for a very long time. But I'm talking like now. Because of how they operate now, when Sean McVay oh, okay. got there, gotcha. Uh, okay, it's this very like new age style of football, and it's very exciting to watch. I have no issues with it, but I'd be curious to see now what the difference would look like if they weren't there. Which I gotcha. would be fun to see. I gotcha. Because if you take away the worst, it's like oh no, like now you right. just don't have an automatic win on somebody's record. You know? See, and at the time when you asked the question, I was like, well, what if you take away the best? You know. What happens then? But anyways, nobody writes in. But hey, if you took away Tom Brady from the league over the last two decades, what happens? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously, nobody ever writes in. But hey, if if you're Mac listening Jones out there, and, never gets drafted. If that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The NFL has Drew Bledsoe to thank for a, a, a shitty ankle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cam Newton never gets a second chance. True. Right? Second or third yeah. chance, right? Well, yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, that's it for that's it for the Pickums in part one. Uh, favorite things, and then we're out. My favorite thing is uh, UTSA. My alma mater got another win, three and zero on the season, one and zero in conference. As they got another, as they got a win over Middle Tennessee. They're traveling to Memphis this week. Very, very tough, and yeah, it's going to be a very good game and. I'm very interested. Very interested to see how uh, how they how they play it out over there. It's uh, I think it's gonna be a close game. So we'll see. Kev, what do you got? How about them Cowboys? Getting the first sure. one of the season. I get, I love it. And my Astros continue to roll, and the magic number is down to eight. I love it. Sure. Uh, I'm glad <laughs> the Falcons are zero and two because uh, we need that first round draft pick, baby. Let's go. <laughs> tank tank for tank. whoever it doesn't matter just tank tank hey sincere mccormick man he's gonna be coming out in a year or two not a bad not a bad running back anyways oh, oh, running back is not what we need no we need an entire offensive line yeah we need an entire offensive line and and all 11 slots on defense <laughs> what the Jags need to do, and that's what the Bengals need to do, is just 
tank for offensive linemen. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for the closing statements, gentlemen. Continue to be good to yourself and good to each other out there. Don't drink and drive. Don't sex and drive. With that, we will say later. Peace. See ya.